0: All right, I'm glad you've changed the title from 60K to 61K. Uh, It looks like you might need to change it to 68K in a few minutes. So (laughs) be ready, moderator. Nasi, I think it's behind the screen. Let me see what it's at now. 60.9, broke 61K. Holy shit. Ryan, Kyle, how are you guys? Can anyone hear me? No
1: let's go yeah i can hear you
0: yeah so I me mean, does it get me and carl it did get it this? <laughs> fucking mental. this is crazy this is insane so me and carl were just doing a space on 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 uh token launches earlier we're talking about comparing how the 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 we will talk about bitcoin first but how the rotation into alts hasn't really kicked in so that's gonna be the next uh, next thing to watch out for but Let's just focus on Bitcoin's price, Rand. I'm kind of sick of hearing your voice because I was listening to your show just now. Um, listen, listen, but- Carl did. Carl do. Carl, Carl Carl's, Carl's better
2: than me, bro.
0: No, no, no. You did. We'll go. We'll, we'll go to you, and then Carl. We'll go. We'll I want, I want both of your takes on this. Um, right. and then I want actually Chris, Alex. Alex will be coming on. He's got a different take to everyone else. Um, but but Rand, you've kind of been saying for a while that uh, before you were saying wait for a pullback, but now you're saying look, we've crossed the stage where. We may see a pullback, but it'll be very short-lived. And it, it, it's not a time now to wait for a pullback and re-enter the market. In a bull market like this, it's just better to sit and wait. We're past the stage of waiting for a pullback.
3: You, you
2: know what the thing is now? The hardest thing to do now, the hardest thing to do now, is to just sit back and do nothing and enjoy the ride. Because if you got in the market, if you're in now, you probably got in quite early. I mean, if, you, if you've been in for the last couple of weeks, you probably got in quite early. And it seems like, it seems like, if all the theories are correct, we're still very early in the cycle. But the cycle is a, a, a cycle which has been shifted left. And so what that means is that things are we are now getting into the parabolic part of the cycle. And the hardest thing in the parabolic part of the cycle is to actually believe that it's happening and not to be tempted to get out and try and buy back cheaper. That's the hardest part. And so I think, I think for me, the hardest part now is just to do nothing. Like I'll, be, I'll give an example. Like, the other day I thought, wow, this market's getting so frothy. I sold my Phantom, to- I, I sold some Phantom tokens that I took on leverage. I didn't sell any of my, my, my spot bags, but I, some of my, my Phantom that I, that I bought on leverage, uh, I, tried, I, I sold them just to get to close leverage a little bit, which is probably the responsible thing to do. But I sold them at $0.41. Cents. And, now, uh, and now at $0.45 cents, I'm, or $0.48, cents, I'm trying to buy them back. Because I realized that I made a mistake and that's the hardest thing to do now. The hardest thing to do now is just to do nothing. Don't buy, don't sell. Just ride the wave of everything that you've prepared up until now. That's the hardest thing to do now.
0: Um, Another thing you're talking about as well is that if you look at other metrics, I was talking about this yesterday, whether it's YouTube subscribers or YouTube views or Coinbase app downloads retail is far from entering this market like we're still in the very early stages led by institutions um, i think mean, you, you you the coinbase's downloads was went up by 100 um, 100 points i think it was like 380s now like 270 something and then you also talked about how three weeks before the peak in the last two bull markets it got to number one three weeks before the peak and so we're far off that level we're at two something 270 something Which again the, re- kind of reaffirms both times the ahead. coinbase app hit number one in the app store
2: Two weeks later or three weeks later, the market crashed. Right now, Coinbase app was at like 390 yesterday, and now it's at $290. I'm just, i am I'm giving you more uh, uh, rough numbers. So we're at the point now where retail starting to come in. I started to get a whole lot of messages. I showed them on my show where people are like, Hey, like, how do I use the exchange? Or, Hey, uh, forgot my password. How do I retrieve my password? People are starting to come back into the market now because they're starting to get real FOMO about this Bitcoin pump. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's where we're at. It's, we're just starting to get the newbies starting to come into the market.
0: Um, Kyle, we were talking about this in a previous space. We did a countdown to one project we both invested in, Bibo. And we are talking about mainly the rotation to alpha. So very early, we're not seeing the same froth we, we saw on the last bull market. And how this rally is led by Bitcoin. It'd be interesting to see how how that rotation looked like. Maybe what's on the joint could we hit an all time high before the halving? the question I keep asking panelists, but also that rotation to alts, How long do you think that would take, and how aggressive do you think it is now that it's led by institutional money for the first time? The herd is finally here.
1: Yeah, we did discuss this earlier. Uh, I think that um, well, if yeah, so if, what Rayan said is is definitely a clear indicator that over the past day, twenty four hours. Um, there's been some more retail interest. I, I I haven't seen it yet in social media growth uh, much, but again, that's this 24 hour. Like yesterday, the Google search trends was down. Um, I, I'm curious to see what it is today, but I I would expect that we're going to get retail coming soon.
2: Can I um, can I maybe just can I just maybe interject? Here? A lot of people are, are are using the Google search data as as the the metric. Um, I don't think that's the right metric and I'll tell you why it's not the right, the right metric. I think there are a lot of people uh, already know what Bitcoin is. I don't think we're going to teach people. I think the, the idea of teaching people what Bitcoin is was probably last cycle and the cycle before. I think a lot of people now know what Bitcoin is, but just don't have exposure to it or just haven't had the, the courage to pull the trigger or, or something
4: like that. I don't know. I, I think in terms of,
0: anyone anyone sitting on the sidelines carl i want to give you the mic back to keep asking the question but right one more question to you anyone sitting on the sidelines what's your advice to them now
2: i think now just waiting for that correction look i think now sit on the sidelines unless you've got some really undervalued alts uh but right now in bitcoin i just think for me too fast too high too fast too soon
0: hold on you're saying sit on the sidelines i thought you're saying that at, at a stage like this you just can't time it anymore. Well, uh, we're past the uh, stage so, where you said. So the In The, the last timeline. two weeks,
2: I've been telling people, get in, get in, get in. Don't worry about price, get in, get in, get in. Now I'm saying, look, not sixty-one thousand. Bitcoin's gone up sixty percent in the last month, fifty-five you percent know, in the last month. Uh, I don't know. If, I, you know, I can't give you. I can't tell you to do something that I ordinarily wouldn't do. Um, uh, and so, I, like right now, I wouldn't be buying Bitcoin. I got to be honest. I think that, uh, um, Kyle.
1: Yeah, I think that, I, I, I would be. You're not, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't expect a severe pullback. We saw a billion dollars come in over the past 48 hours from the ETFs, net inflow. Uh, and then we saw Michael Saylor the day before, whatever, 300 million. Um, there's Hong Kong ETF on the near horizon. There's other countries with ETFs on the near horizon. Um, and I think right now is about the time where, like, I'm just trying to put myself in the in the mindset Uh, If I was a registered investment advisor, and also there was, uh, I talk about it at my show today, that there was a recent event um, where Swan Bitcoin, Corey, I think it was Corey from Swan Bitcoin, went to this BlackRock registered investment advisor event where they were, BlackRock was saying that they were suggesting that in a conservative bet that that you should allocate 28% of your portfolio to Bitcoin, which is fucking nuts compared to Fidelity, whose uh, options right now are 1% to 3%. I think that if I'm putting myself in the shoes of a salesperson, right, and I want to get deals done because these guys are all getting commissions on their sales, it's like you 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 light a fire under the ass for the people that you're saying. You say, look, guys, this is like we have calls lined up for the next 365 days nonstop with a bunch of other high net worth individuals. You're lucky I'm calling you today when the price of Bitcoin is still below all time highs. You've seen what's happened in the past 30 days. This is not going to stop. I suggest that you get in now rather than later. And so I, I think you know, we'll we'll see on data over the next you know week, but we had a hundred thousand Bitcoin swooped up in this first 30 days. The the size of Bitcoin ETFs right now is 50, 50% the size of gold ETFs, which we do, we managed to do in 31 days, what took gold 20 years to, to achieve. <laughs> so um momentum is a real thing. And I think just like just like us as retail experience FOMO, um I'm guessing that uh, institutions are going to as well. This is the best-performing asset class of the decade. Um, certainly, best-performing asset class of the last you know month. <clears throat> and uh, and if you bought the spot Bitcoin ETF at any point in time, um, you're now at 15 percent uh, minimum on your investment, which is like in in a, in a period of weeks or month. Um, this is all really good data. So, I, my my concern with sitting on the sideline at this point right now is like. Where could we dip to right 58,000 fifty eight thousand fifty nine thousand before sailor and others come in with another huge buy order um I, I think that looking back and i'm in the I'm in the belief that we're gonna see you know minimum three hundred and fifty to to six hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin, and I know that's like not a popular opinion, but um I think that we're gonna see
0: but i uh, uh... A peak, an all-time high before the halving was a crazy opinion for me a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And now as it's, it's, it's more and more people are saying it's possible. I, I do, so what way I want to structure the show is I want to dig into Bitcoin and just the markets in general. Uh, we've got a, an incredible panel. I want to go to Matt, just get an update on the ETF because that's what's obviously uh, driving a lot of that rally. And we've got – let me see the, the numbers here. Yesterday, I think we're hitting uh, – yesterday, I think, or the day before? What are we today, Wednesday? I think Monday we hit a uh, we broke record. Uh, Ryan, you remember when you kind of got excited during your show? I think it was Friday. No, it was Friday. It was and then Friday. got excited, that half volume. Billion,
2: and I think yesterday, again, half a billion.
0: Yesterday broke a record too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, broken. A... Exactly, yeah. that's insane. So so uh, we've got Ryan here too, perfect, incredible panel. So yesterday, uh, Friday, Ryan just kind of interrupts the show. He's like, guys, uh, we just got whatever, hundreds of millions of dollars of inflows in two hours. And then someone corrected him. He's like, Ryan, it's actually volume. But then Ryan Ryan kind of ringing the alarm was actually true because we broke records. I think on Friday and Monday, maybe even yesterday, uh, in terms of uh, trading volume when it comes to the ETFs and BlackRock is uh, not BlackRock, uh, Grayscale is at uh, a record low inflows yesterday. I think it was the day before and yesterday, two days ago, and yesterday is 125 million kind of picked up a bit. Uh, Net inflows for ETFs is 576 million. Uh, yesterday um and we're over six billion i think six and a half billion remember ryan when before we go to matt uh, matt and cut and ryan it's incredible to have bitwise always on stage giving us updates um great you know great to have you communicating with the with the community guys but ryan you were talking about hey if we hit five billion in the first three months um that would be an incredible success we're at six and a half billion and i don't know how many weeks in we are so far uh, but definitely well below three months. Uh, your thoughts on that, Ryan, and then we'll go to Matt and Ryan to get an ETF update.
2: My my feeling, um, when, we, when we first spoke, um, when, when we first spoke, we we said that if we get anything between five and 10, but it wasn't only me, it was me, James, um, um, uh, all, all, the, all the analysts who we were on here, and we said if we can get 10... All, all the experts, exactly. If yeah. five to 10 billion, we said after three months, that would be extreme success. We're now one month and one week later. And one month and one week later, we're, one month and three weeks later, sorry, one month and three weeks later, and we've got ourselves six and a half or or nearly 7 billion uh, of net inflows. I mean, that's beyond anybody's wildest expectations.
0: Uh, let me go to, to Matt, Ryan. What were your expectations? Uh, give us some figures and what do you expect to see? Because things are pretty uh, pretty insane. And also I want to ask you a question. Uh, who are these ETFs buying those Bitcoins from? And what's that liquidity going to do? Is that going to enter alt in your opinion? Is that going to lead to the altcoin rally led by institutions, by the ETFs getting into the market? Oh, it's a bunch of, bunch of great questions. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as mentioned, these – You Ryan, are you there? Oh, hold on. Maybe it's a glitch. Uh, can anyone hear Matt? Again, Can anyone hear me? You guys can hear me. Uh, You can. All cool. So what I'll do, Matt, is I'm going to be rude and remove you and bring you back up so I can hear you because we had that glitch yesterday. Ryan, I'll let you jump in first, and I'll bring Matt. I'll just sent you an invite to come up again just so I can hear you a bit of a glitch. Go ahead, Ryan.
5: Sure. Great. Uh, Can you hear me?
0: Yes. Awesome.
5: Yeah, great to be here. Uh, Really obviously happy with how the Bitcoin ETFs have have performed and the traction they've seen. I think the people buying these ETFs, there's kind of two different paths. There's the retail traders that – uh, weren't accessing crypto through things like Coinbase. A lot of people thought that retail already had access to Coinbase or in, a, in other trading uh, exchanges and applications, so they wouldn't use these ETFs to allocate. I don't think that's true. I actually know a lot of people who manage their investment portfolio through uh, brokerages and, and standard trading platforms who started allocating to Bitcoin ETFs once they became available in January. And so I think you have retail traders that are allocated, but uh, perhaps they're just too late easy or you know, needed that stamp of approval or that validation uh, to see it in their in their TD Ameritrade screen before they started buying it. But you know what we're seeing out on the road, talking to advisors and RIAs is that they're just starting to make those allocations. So uh, I was I was at a meeting yesterday with uh, out out in Denver with an RA that manages three hundred fifty million in assets, and they are still learning what what Bitcoin is. There was maybe one or two people that were pretty well versed on it, but a fertile skeptics. Sure. And, and it's companies like, or, you know, firms like that, RAs like that, who are still getting up to speed, who have yet to even start allocating client assets into these ETFs. So, you know, and then there's financial advisors on platforms like Morgan Stanley, who, uh, or, or Vanguard, right, who haven't actually started allocating because they they can't, the platform won't allow them to do that. And so they simply can't do it for compliance reasons. And so today we're, we're certainly seeing RAs and financial advisors, clients allocating, that's a large part, I'm sure, of what's driving these assets up. But there's, I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg. And it's going to take a year before we really see the impact these have. And that might sound crazy given what's happening with the price and what's happening with the flows. But that just shows how big of an unlock these ETFs are. And I think we have a lot of room to go under the surface. And this is just the tip of the iceberg.
0: Uh, Matt, I'd love your take and kind of link it to the question I asked you earlier. Is, where are these ETFs buying those, all that Bitcoin from? Where are these inflows coming in? Where will they go next? They're buying Bitcoin from other Bitcoin holders. With Bitcoin holders getting that, that fiat, those tables, what will they do with those? Uh, could that rotate into alts? And, and also, can I, that's the question number one. And question number two is, like, like, it, it, we're just getting started, as Ryan said, and retail hasn't entered the market. And we're already near all-time highs I'm generally, you know, rarely do you see me, you know, that bullish. But I'm just from a, from a, just looking at the numbers alone, it's just hard to be bearish right now. Yeah, and I'm trying to be level-headed. It's,
5: it's really hard to be bearish. Hopefully, you can hear me now. I mean, I, I posted this early.
0: Matt it's a glitch. so just, uh, uh, Kyle, I can't hear Matt, so I'll let you just moderate after can Matt because I can't hear anything he's
1: saying. Go ahead, Matt. Is Matt on stage? No, he just dipped out, coming back. We
0: could hear Kyle, Mario.
1: I think it's just here.
0: Anyone there? Is yeah, anyone speaking? I can, I can hear Matt. Mario, can you hear me? Oh, sorry. Okay. Matt is glitching for me. I can't even see Matt on stage. I'm going to go quiet before he dropped out. I'm going to go quiet and let you guys kind of lead the room and I'll take over in a bit. Simon, were you saying something?
6: Uh, do you want to? I think Mario can't hear. So do you want to go, um, Kyle? Do you want to carry on?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead, Simon. Or if, if. Let me bring. Let me try to bring him back back up. Uh, I, I can't yeah, I was,
5: Matt just messaged me mm-hmm. and said that he's he's trying to rejoin, so hopefully he can get back in.
1: Mario, okay, he here I think.
0: All this time, was anyone speaking in the last few seconds? Yeah, Mario. It was
5: quiet. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can hear
7: you. Can you hear us?
0: Well, oh, okay, shit. It was quiet the last. I knew it. I thought I was the one I can't hear him, and I'm sitting there quietly, awkwardly. So, just for the audience, you're not alone. It was quiet now. Um, so let me let me get you to the next. Uh, let me get other thoughts first on on just the markets in general before we get dig, dig into alts and the, the altcoin market yeah along with different narratives Uh, Alex pleasure to have you again Uh, we've got a perfect Alex from Galaxy as well um and we've got Dave Uh, Alex your thoughts on what has been discussed so far and you know is it possible to even play devil's advocate looking at all the numbers all the metrics
7: yeah I mean I think if you are a trader and you look at the move we've had it's it looks like mini parabolic in the last couple days so like it's do you, if you're trying to time the market, then you know I, I can agree with I think what Rand said earlier that it's, it might be hard if the, you're that type of shorter term trader to buy right at this moment when we're pressing you know multi year highs. Um, but I totally agree with the sentiment, and I and I'm I've just I sent a note to clients. I tried to publish it long form on Twitter. I'm working on now, but I screwed up the X post. But literally called why we're not stopping with S in parentheses. Why this isn't the top, basically. And so I, I, I also just want to briefly correct uh, two things that Kyle said. Um, the thing at BlackRock, it was not a recommendation for a conservative portfolio. It was a backtest mathematical showing that if you had done 28%, that was where their quant model showed you would have done the best. Um, and, and also Fidelity is not making any recommendations. That's Fidelity Canada, which is a wholly separate company. So that only has 42 billion AUM. But the point does stand those model portfolios and stuff are coming. There are restrictions on whether or not advisors can sell these yet. These are currently on an unsolicited basis, right? So it takes time before advisors can actually go out and sell the ETF. So those, that hasn't happened yet. Um, and advisor platforms haven't mostly turned on, including the banks and BDs. I know Ryan mentioned like Morgan Stanley and those, those guys are, they have seasoning periods and compliance to go through. So I think there's plenty of room to run when you see the demand that we've been seeing um, primarily almost exclusively through retail brokerage platforms. Now that doesn't just mean like everyday people, high net worths, family offices, hedge funds can all buy on like fidelity.com. It's in Schwab, right? But it is not the full institutional unlock that is going to come to these ETFs yet. Um, you know, Mario, you've also been asked. So I think there's, I mean, frankly, I just think there's plenty of room to run. You're going to see a constant drip Over the next three to eighteen months of RIAs, wealth management platforms, banks, and BDs announcing that they their advisors can now put clients into these ETFs, so that that those headlines will be catalyzing. But the headlines themselves are a story of new access. So, like they also can unlock flows. So, I I just we're not (laughs) we have not topped. I think it's fair to ask that question, given that we're only you know eight percent off all time high right now and. 52 days prior to the having the last two times, we were basically still 60% uh, below those prior all time highs. So this this time does look different, but let's be real, it is different. And I and the other point, uh, Mario, you've been asking about like the rotation to alts. I do think, and I'm not saying it won't happen. In fact, obviously we've seen many ones happen several times already in this cycle, but I do think that the, the Bitcoin ETFs, and if we get these ETFs that will be the sort of similar, they, they will dampen the intra-crypto cyclicality that we've seen, rotations that we've seen historically, because these assets are much stickier when you own Bitcoin in an, in an ETF. And even more so if your advisor put you into it in an advised portfolio, your Bitcoin is not sitting on Coinbase ready to be moved into the very next alts, right? It's much stickier. It'd be much harder to pull it out. So I actually think we will see the the intra intra-crypto rotational trade dampen hit like over time as these Bitcoin ETFs grow. I think if you get the ETH ETFs, then maybe you'll see some rotation between Bitcoin and ETH, but like in their final form, these ETFs will be largely used for longer-term investment. And so they're much less likely it's gonna reduce, they're much less likely to rotate and seek the next, you know, 10, 50%, and instead will be part of a rebalancing period. So, like, volatility will come down. When volatility comes down and market cap increases, you're going to be able to get bigger and bigger investment into Bitcoin. Um, So I don't think we're close to the top, but I know it does feel – it feels a bit euphoric this morning.
6: Yes, Simon? Yeah, there is – I mean, even outside the U.S., you guys are more, like, U.S. sensitive. Um, There's a really – Strange market happening right now. So take jurisdictions like the UK. You can't buy the ETF in the UK, and you've got you got people with SIPS, people with pensions, people like knock you know breaking down the doors of their brokers and saying, "You made me miss this ten percent. You made me miss this twenty percent. You know why is the FCA saying that they've got all these crypto regulations, but we can't buy the ETF?" So there's a lot, I'm seeing particularly in the UK, a lot of um, ETF FOMO. And then if, you, if you're if you trying to think of it, how it relates to the alt market, I think those that already are comfortable owning Bitcoin um, or have been in the market for a while, they're kind of looking for the more speculative, they understand the cycle. So they're looking to try and get their um, pumps and dumps still. And outside of the US... All of the other alternative crypto assets are a lot more regulatory clarity. It's all done through virtual asset service providers. Um, these exchanges are now subject to audit requirements. All of those regulatory regimes for the crypto market, as it were, is very clear outside the U.S. You've got the European regulations that you know gone completely into... How to deal with market manipulation, how to deal with exchanges, how to deal with self-custody, how to deal with all of the different regimes. So, you know, you've got like a real Bitcoin driven market in the U.S. where the U.S. is able to just really easily buy their ETFs at the moment. The rest of the world isn't able that easy to buy their ETFs, but they've got a lot of clarity on the self-custody and buying Bitcoin and and, and on an exchange or cold storage. So you just got those different dynamics that are coming in the international markets.
1: Yeah, Dave, I'll get to you in just one second. I want to ask a question though. Either Alex or Simon, either of you guys you could you could answer. But um, so, Alex, you said that uh, that right now, and this is what I've been saying too, is that right now we mostly see like um, high net worth individuals, family offices that are participating. But what you just said, I wasn't aware of um, that registered investment advisors weren't yet allowed to come in by the, the ETF. And then you said there was cyclical rotations on, on which these things happen. Can you elaborate a yeah, no, little they, bit more? They
7: are allowed to, but they're not allowed to solicit their clients at the moment. I, I think Ryan or Matt, if he's back, they probably know a bit more about this than me, but um, to actually go out and sell these things proactively is different than if you have it on your platform or you're able to, and your clients ask for it from a regulatory perspective. Um, maybe somebody else like Dave or somebody I see Dave raising his hand, but that that's what I was referring to, Kyle.
1: Yeah, D- Dave, go for it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And Dave, I mean, if
0: you but, can, uh, Dave, uh, sorry, and Dave, if you could do one thing as well. I, I just dropped out for the last like, few minutes since Alex spoke, so now I haven't heard anything. So I'll let you answer the question and maybe just give a one, two sentence recap because you're really good at doing this of what was said earlier, if that's okay. For me and the audience, everyone that joined in the last few minutes.
8: <clears throat> yeah, sure. I mean, look, it, the, the fact is, the, the TLDR on the conversation is this is happening. Assets are flowing in from new pools of capital, and a huge percentage of that capital is still in, is still not able to buy. And the fact of the matter is we know – I'm sorry for the fact of the matter in re- repetition – but we know, I mean, this is not new, that the market for Bitcoin and crypto in general is small compared to the financial markets as a whole. It is essentially, we all said the ETFs were like a Nets, the Netscape IPO moment you know, for crypto. And we're seeing it play out. And we're seeing it play out more optimistic than any of us thought. Uh, I mean, look, I was wildly optimistic, but not this optimistic that it would be this early. The fact is, there's just not enough supply at these prices. But then again, most of the people who are holding Keep in mind, most of the people who are holding believe that Bitcoin will, at a minimum, uh, rival gold in market cap, which still is a 10x from here. So, I- the fact is, is it's hard to look at Bitcoin in any way as a bubble when it's still one-tenth of where most of the holders think it's going to go. And that's, that's what we always have to remind ourselves. Now, that all said, uh, we're seeing a cycle. And we're seeing a cycle with new money coming in and crypto hot money rotating into stuff like, look at WorldCoin. I mean, I don't know. My eyeball is never going to be on that orb. I don't know about you guys. But, you know, it's hard to me to believe that that's going to be the next big thing. But who knows? There's a lot of those stories throughout the market. And so we are starting to see some leverage. But that's that's basically what's been said. But the point that I want to make is this feels very, very similar to me. Now, I have the benefit of being old and having lived through it on a trading desk. But the fact is it's very similar to the early stages of the blow off top in the Internet bubble. And, you know, you can compare Bitcoin, Bitcoin really is kind of outside that because of what I just said. But when you look at the entire crypto complex, it feels a lot like that days, you know, day after day after day of seeming euphoria. Eventually, you end up getting the pinprick, it goes kaboom, and then then and, and the wheat rises from the chaff. You know, I tweeted about this this morning. Ari David Paul made a good tweet. I responded to it or quoted it. I can't remember which. But that's what's going on. We're seeing rotations, and the volume and the interest is there. But the other point that has to be made, Mario, is we're not seeing real retail you know, pile into the crypto world. It's piling in via the Charles Schwab accounts and the Fidelity accounts.
0: I want your thoughts on this as well, and and we do have Joel. Ran is trying to come up, but we've got Kyle as well. So I do want to discuss the altcoin market. We did a just for the audience. Uh, we did a space just before this, like a launch space for Beeble, which uh, me Ran are invested in, as a Web three social platform. And and just the we're, we're watching the price live. We're doing Portal tomorrow, which is in the gaming space. I'm pretty. Bullish on them. We're doing a launch space for them. And, you know, looking at the markets, they're starting to froth up. And we're we'll going kind to of go through it, Kyle. It'll be good to get your thoughts on it as well. You've been through more bull markets than I have. And I think uh, Ryan as well, know, Rand, me and Ryan about the same, but you've been through bull, more bull markets than both of us. So, kind of going through the early stages of this bull markets, moving away from Bitcoin uh, relative to previous bull markets. But let's go to Doug first. Uh, your thoughts on the discussion so far. And maybe you can even answer the question I've just uh, posed uh, to Kyle.
4: Yeah, I think it's uh, right. Like the question of who's who sold Bitcoin over the past since the ETFs, right? Probably crypto natives who were holding it through the uh, the bear market, and, and the question is right. Like where where are those funds flowing to? My guess is is probably shiny new coins, right? Like we saw Starknet uh, token come out. It's holding twenty billion, even though it's not. It's probably the fourth largest L two. On Ethereum, um, right? You have Eigenlayer, tons of money getting locked into that in anticipation of the airdrop. Uh, Athena came out five hundred million, like in the first day, locked in there. So I, I think probably this rotation, you might see some of the some of the alts before even ETH, right? Like might get skipped over, especially you have all these bankruptcy estates with with overhangs. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of a kind of cloud over the alts. So. My guess is probably shiny new coins this cycle pump a lot and maybe kind of the alts that were here last cycle might lag behind. But but it's a good question, right? Like where do where do the marginal sellers of Bitcoin rotate their money to?
0: Um, Simon, I'm going to go back to you in a bit. But Kyle, uh, let me try to get Ryan back up. It's glitching for him. But um, we were talking me you earlier, so you you do have a launchpad as well, so you probably get more insight than I do. Um, but you, we've been talking about token launches. Um, we're seeing the same cycle repeat itself um, where you just get a few narratives getting hyped up. Obviously, now we've got gaming, which I'm extremely bullish on, AI, less bullish on, and then what's lagging deep in RWAs are a bit lagging, L2s. But uh, let's just focus on gaming and AI. You've got narrative led token launches. You've got token launches that do, you know, be able to today did a 15x on launch. Obviously, just for anyone listening, it's 15x on on private rounds, which are locked up that anyone doesn't know how it works and uh, how the VC model works. We had Pixels a few days ago do over 100x, which we've hosted. We're hosting Portal tomorrow, which have had almost $10 billion staked. Um, so far which I think is a record uh, it's insane numbers more than the GDP of some countries so like, the froth is starting but then a lot of people would look at this and say holy shit you have 10x, 15x, 100x but then if you compare to the last bull market it just shows that it's very very early in the last bull market it was just ridiculous was just dumb money we have like 3-4 projects a day doing a 10x so maybe tell us about the VC uh, the VC um, uh, the state of the VC markets and how these projects these startups are doing
1: You also see it much easier to raise money now. Uh, VCs are deploying again, Um, and you're seeing valuations starting to come up on projects as well. Uh, Like, you know, to for a project to raise it at 60 or 100 million dollar valuation six months ago was pretty crazy, unless it was like a big one backed by the biggest tier ones. But now we're starting to see seed rounds coming out with like with like product, but um, you know, at seed rounds at 60 million. So valuations are starting to come up. Um, we're still very cautious on being uh, valuation sensitive and uh and Cliff investing and sensitive as well um you know we we are we are very aware that uh this could be a, an accelerated cycle where you know we have 12 to 18 months from now until maybe we get a correction there's also the, there's also a theory that maybe we don't get a huge correction um you know because of what was said earlier a lot of these guys are buying Bitcoin and holding it that's that's predominantly what's been leading this, but we'll see how insane things get when alts come in. But uh, but yeah, so we are seeing a lot of projects because I invested, and I think Mario, you too, and Ran and, and Scott, everyone, we all invested in a lot of projects toward the second half of last bull run that still haven't launched a token yet. And everybody yeah. now is like lighting up for march april may launches and
0: how's the but be- how's the how's the just sorry to interrupt you but how's the quality of the projects now Are we going to have the same cycle repeat itself you've seen better quality projects this time around and just for the record kyle does have a a launchpad called paid Mission, which me ryan and scott are all partnered with um and you know, I've looked at your projects in previous bull runs. You've had a, a few, uh, a few successes, but the the projects you have this time around just seem a lot more mature. Are we going to see the same shitty projects that have a cool story raise a fuck ton of money, or you know, investors are being a lot more diligent this time around?
1: Well, you know, I think that um, last time when we launched Paid Ignition, it was it was. I mean, our our launch on Starter did a hundred 25x or something like that for and that was the like, this kind of like i think Starter had a great launch and then us a few weeks later and then we launched uh, a couple of projects aos aoz and uh shop x that did like 300x and 250x or something from ideal prices and that kind of was in the beginning that was in you know february march 2021 really getting toward you know kind of that that parabolic 2021 um and we're not there yet, I guess, as far as timing is concerned. But the point is, is that we launched the launchpad in the middle of kind of a hype cycle where everything was just, it didn't matter, you know, everything was pumping. Um, and so everybody was making money on these projects and uh, everyone was happy for it, right? And so now we've we've launched a bit earlier than that super frothy moment. And we've also, from a personal perspective, we we've scaled up a lot on the uh, like professional resources, you know. We since then we've launched, uh, you know, an, uh, a, an LP fund with, you know, really good analysts from like Missouri and State Street Bank and other places, and we've we've been much more diligent on our on our own due diligence as well. And so we're we're trying to. It's a fine line between meeting demands of like because honestly, retail don't really care about the quality of a project if it pumps. We we've seen that a couple times already. Um, and yeah. and i'll tell you also i'm starting to i'm starting to see scams coming up again too like um so there's i, I just saw one earlier that's it's claims to have a uh, they're building their own decentralized proprietary large language model and they have a beta up on it and i went and asked the beta i said uh which 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 llm model are you using and it said i'm using chat gpt i'm using gpt 4 i'm like oh very proprietary here um so it's so we're we're starting to get that coming again so we're we're going to be you know it's a, it's it's a fine line between listening you know what's going to pump um and uh and what's quality Mm. Um, but this time around we're we're focused more on quality
0: and Joe, I want to go to you before going have got a pretty big panel. So I do want to go to Alex after you, Joe, because I couldn't hear him earlier and ask him a few questions. But Joe, just kind of focusing on Alts, you know, Lunar Crush, you've got your analytics platform, which also um, we're partners with. I don't know about Kyle. I think Scott we're partners me and Scott are partners in. Um, and, you know, you've, you we, we'll be doing a show together on Spaces and on YouTube because you, you're pretty deep in the altcoin market. Um, so looking at the data, and maybe touching on meme coins, Ryan talked about it in his show. It's something I don't understand well at all. He's saying that meme coins are pumping again. Is that you know, how does that compare to previous bull markets? Can that be used as an indicator along with the fear and greed index? Uh, maybe giving us an update on this bull market versus the last few markets and um, how's that rotation progressing?
9: Yeah, and I can just touch a little bit on everything that we've been talking about, starting with just you know uh, Google Trends. So Google Trends, you know, is is not. A great indicator. It's just such a small sample size uh, from Google, and it's not based on you know the the pure number of interactions. Uh, but you know, all of this is yes, it's driven by Bitcoin. I think every you know alt rally is it's driven by Bitcoin originally. You know, the inflows are unbelievable. It's an outrageous bullish setup that you know I don't know if any of us have seen. Um, in our existence. And I've been here since 2015. Um, and, and that being said, you know, the, the rotation into alts, um, it's it's happening. You know, I, I don't know if like, the, the term, you know, the future is here. It's just not um, evenly distributed. You know, you're seeing, um, you know, Bitcoin in the last six months, you know, it, it's up 134%, you know, Ethereum up 100%. Um, then below that would be, you know, Arbitrum at 100, BNB at 89%, Matic 88. And then you've got Dogecoin, you know, at 58%. But then, you know, above that line, you know, you've got things like Chainlink up 230% versus Bitcoin 130. You've got Avalanche up 300%. You've got Solana up 450%. Uh, then Stacks, which is a little bit more narrative driven um, with Bitcoin and Bitcoin L2s up 568%. Um, and then you've got kind of Outstanding narratives with AI with something like a bit tensor that's up a thousand percent. So, the, there has been a uneven rotation into what's going on, and um, I, I just do not think we're going to see the same type of um, exact rotation. And you know, when Coinbase is, uh, you know, has the number of app downloads that we all think it's going to have, this is going to end. There's just too much demand on Bitcoin, and I think there's too many smart people that are also searching and figuring out. How to get to these other chains you know you you couldn't um hold bitcoin in a you uh, know browser wallet the last time we were in a bull market you can now you can bridge that uh to different chains in an easy way and so i think it will leak into other places um you know and that being said you know i did pin a little uh post up top here you know going back to january of 2020 you know we've looked at the market at lunar crush we pull in uh You know, social media data from X, TikTok, Reddit, YouTube, all the news. You know, we're pulling in um, over 20 million posts every single hour across these networks. We've looked at Bitcoin; we've got the longest data set out there. Bitcoin is unbelievable. I couldn't believe this when I opened it this morning. Bitcoin is at an all-time low for social dominance. Um, So when you look at market dominance, I think everyone knows what that means. It's you know whatever Bitcoin's market cap is versus the rest of the market. At Lunar Crush, we look at 54 percent. Yeah. We look at social dominance, and it's it's literally one of the lowest it's been since we started to collect data. So it's just an unbelievable like bullish setup um, that's uh,
0: out there. On, on that point, Alex, I want to go to you. On that point, we're seeing Bitcoin dominance at 54, um, percent and, and we're seeing that the social dominance being so low is that kind of reaffirming that first the Bitcoin ecosystem is sick. We're investing heavily in that ecosystem. Bitcoin Mario, sound, is, and
1: you sound like you're in a fan.
0: Yeah, he's almost done though I could hear the question. Yeah, I need I need a new I need a new headset. But yeah, oh, no, no, he's good.
1: Between... Yeah, I think
0: I've just yeah. ripped the headset. I've just and by the way, all members keep attacking me in the comments every time the headset glitches. I'll get a new one. Just ease up on me. But Alex, the Bitcoin dominance is at 54%, yet social dominance is really low. Uh, what does that mean for you again? Does it just reaffirm retail hasn't entered the market? Yeah. And uh, this is Bitcoin season. Like I think mean, Bitcoin is leading this bull market and I think that will continue. I um, would love your thoughts on the rotation narrative that we're talking about. Could yeah, that happen again? As a, as
7: I mean, I, it, it's a really interesting point. I, Google Trends is just like one of the easier ones to find. But I, I think Joe's obviously very right that it's a limited data set. It doesn't have social media or anything. And also like someone else made this point earlier, but who is going at this point in 2024, just being like, let me Google Bitcoin. Like that that's a very like the first time you hear it kind of thing to Google. So like it. it, it I, I don't think... There's a lot of people who know what it is already, but they may not be interested in the market. They, they don't necessarily need to go Google the word Bitcoin. Um, I, look, can
1: I, yeah. can I just? Can I, can I, just, I just want to uh, because it, it, it tails on uh, what was just said yeah, before. Uh, another, another barometer that I was using um, in my show yesterday was uh, Reddit and um, how many how many posts not in the Bitcoin but cryptocurrency. So like our cryptocurrency um, forums and in 2021. Uh, there was hundreds of thousands of posts um per day and if you look right now you're you're seeing just thousands of posts per day and so that's it's an, another barometer um you know are people still going to reddit to talk about cryptocurrency probably right that's what kind of like where normies or no coiners hang out i would guess um so just one one more yeah barometer there. i think that's yeah. right
7: i think the real question like there is obviously retail presence in the market but i when we say that i think when we talk about like, are they here yet? I think the, the what we really mean is like, are the Robinhood day traders here? Is Wall Street bets trading crypto now? Which, if you remember, like the the vibes of the late bull market, you know, two three years ago was like, it, it, we're not feeling those vibes yet. We're not close. To uh, Mario, to your question about like alts, I mean, I think they've they've performed pretty well in the scheme of things, but it is a Bitcoin driven market right now. The question is, does this? cycle play out similarly to others, whenever it is that Bitcoin uh, tops would, would then you see like ETH top and then ALT top after it. And, you know, that was, I think the clearest time that happened was 17 and early 18. Um, but we've seen it when Bitcoin has gone sideways some of these times, literally since August, they've had many like altcoin rallies. But I I was arguing earlier. I think when you couldn't hear, just that I think the ETF, the Bitcoin ETFs, will dampen that that intra crypto rotation trade in general as they gain more AUM and more of Bitcoin supply because those that Bitcoin, the Bitcoin that's in the ETFs, uh, especially if if they're in an advisor managed account, is much stickier than Bitcoin on a crypto exchange, which can be easily exchanged for alt's. Right. So I'm not saying you won't see it, but. And of course, the point was also made. I think maybe by Simon that like this is a, a U.S. centric view, but the U.S. is by far the biggest capital market. So wherever it ends, whether I'm not saying they won't happen, but I do think that impulse in the market will dampen the bigger the Bitcoin ETFs get, and it may even dampen further if the ETH ETFs are approved mm-hmm. because between the two, obviously market cap, they're you know almost all of the market in the scheme of things. But also, even if you if you take Bitcoin and Ethereum. They they kind of cover the majority of the narratives in the market, right? I mean, we can make arguments about things you can do on Sol or other types of blockchains that you can't do on ETH. But, you know, NFTs, DeFi, tokenization, ETH, ETH can be an outlet to express a view there. So if those two were approved, honestly, it would be a truly game-changing for the altcoin markets. But we're not there yet. I just think we, we o- overall it will dampen.
0: Uh, well, one more question to you, Alex, and as he's time with his hand up, I do want to go to Chris, Ryan, and Doug afterwards, and Carlos. so you jump in. So before going to the rest of the panel, I've got one more question for you, Alex. And Joe, I do want an update on the NFT market because I was talking about it and I asked my team yesterday. I'm not deep in the NFT market, but it seems to be lagging as well. So maybe if you've got some some metrics, it will be great. But Alex, Mike Novogratz did say that we're already – at price discovery for Bitcoin. Can you elaborate on that point yeah. and
7: whether you'd agree? Yeah, I mean, if you look, like we, we were not over 60K for very long, I think is was where Mike's coming from in 2021, that is. Um, you know, even then, like when I pull the, whatever the top price was on um, November 8th, 2021, we closed at like 67. We So we, we 69, which we regularly sort of call us the top, is is a very brief intraday wick on that candle. And even then we came down pretty fast into the low 60s. So I think that's where what he's thinking is that like, you know, once you get into like 61 to like 64, like that, that basically is the prior all time high for all intents and purposes.
0: Simon?
6: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, um, if you if you think about all of the flows right now. Simon.
0: So I'm going to be very respectful, remove you and bring you back up. Anyone that's blaming me in the audience for this, I'm going through the comments. It's not my end. It's a glitch within Twitter. Um, so Simon, I'm just going to bring you back up. I do want to go to uh, – David, I see you had that, but I want to go to Ryan as well. Ryan, one thing that was mentioned in previous spaces, Simon, please request I'll bring you back up. There you are. Um, but, uh, first Ryan question um, – one, one assumption that we've been going off is that TradFi is focused on Bitcoin and they're not going to be as speculative uh, or they're not going to FOMO like you know, us crypto peeps do or as retail does. Uh, but then other panelists on stage said, no, Mary, like, you know, TradFi are just as degenerate as we are. How can TradFi start to FOMO? How could they start gambling? And do you agree with that point that, that they could be you know, as degenerate as us guys? I think it
5: depends on which sleeve of TradFi you're talking about. Could, could hedge funds go super degen and start trading all kinds of crazy low market cap altcoins? They certainly could. But I, I think for the majority of TradFi, there's two reasons why they're not going to go down the market cap list and start trading low market cap, low volume assets. And th- if they're managing money on behalf of someone else, right, they have a fiduciary responsibility to not to – not take on outsized risk relative to what that reward would be and relative to other investment options. And so it just, it, it doesn't really fit their investment profile. For example, like when we're on the road talking to advisors, they're not, they're, they're barely aware of what Ethereum is. And, and that's just the reality. They, they are learning about Bitcoin. They are trying to understand. And I was literally asked this question yesterday. Why is Bitcoin not a Ponzi scheme? How can the why, can't the government just shut Bitcoin down? Like that's where we're at on the learning curve and adoption curve. For most of the professional money managers uh, and institutional investors, it's just it's it's you know a very bullish signal in my opinion, but it's also the reality. It's crazy, yeah, it, it's really that's crazy. that's crazy. They they don't spend that much and, money and, money uh, thinking about it.
0: Alex, uh, Alex, I see requesting. request. I'm going to bring you up, Kyle, Please request a co-host invite so we have space on stage to bring up Alex, uh, I can't, who doesn't think. I can't, uh, yeah, uh, they'll I send it to you again. You'll get um, it pop up. But Alex. Just for the audience, Alex is more bearish than all of us, so I'd love to have him on stage. Before going to Simon, Simon's always patient with me. Doug, I'm going to go to you then, Simon and, and David. Uh, Doug, that same question for you. Um, you know, what would you expect uh, TradFi or different parts of TradFi to, to become more degenerate and uh, start uh, you know FOMOing into alt? Yeah. We'll talk about hedge funds. Obviously. I mean, one thing I think that
4: you can see is really interesting, might be an interesting outcome is if the Ethereum ETFs get approved, none of those ETFs have any staking built into them, at least as far as I'm aware of. So, uh, right, like first is Ethereum ETFs, but then, okay, you can start, unlike Bitcoin, right? You have all these staking options with Ethereum, right? So you can have staked Ethereum ETFs, right? You have all these restaking products that are coming out that pack yield on top. So maybe Tradify doesn't flow into alts directly, but if you have a you know restaking yield enhanced Ethereum ETF that gets uh, approved, right, that indirectly creates flows to whatever the native free staking token is there. So I, I think that's maybe one outcome of one possibility of how FADFI funds end up flowing kind of out the risk curve, not, not by directly buying altcoins, but by kind of using Ethereum's staking type properties to uh to get exposure out the risk curve. And, and that's something right TradFi is very comfortable with. Okay, I have an asset. How can I get how can I get enhanced yield on that asset? Right. That's what kind of Wall Street's bread and butter. But you could definitely see that as a possibility where that kind of indirectly pumps all of these new tokens that are kind of in this staking restaking space. Simon,
0: um if, even if I can't hear you, I won't remove you and Carl, you should get an invite to co-host now because I do want to bring up Alex uh, Simon. Yeah, can you hear me
6: now? OK, cool. Yep. Um,
0: yeah. So
6: y- using like Dave's analogy, you know, the TradFi are going to see quite c- correctly that Bitcoin's kind of like the Internet and tokens are like the pump and dump stocks of the you know, 2020 dot-com boom and bust. Um, and so if they do that, they'll stay in Bitcoin. Um, but as they come into Bitcoin, they're pumping the wealth of those that already owned Bitcoin outside of an ETF. Um, you can already see that as there's more and more tokens launching, that becomes higher and higher transaction fees, which makes people want to stake more and more ETH as they can get a cut of that rather than paying the transaction fees. Um, and so, the wealthy people that already own Bitcoin, including the VCs that are already been involved in the the last few cycles, um, they'll obviously they'll come into the alt. So. Pumping their wealth because the bitcoin e t f tradfires are pumping their wealth um is what would be driving a lot of them saying i'll take ten percent of my bitcoin, which I really don 't care about losing, and see if I can get a hundred x or two hundred and fifty x and a thousand x and as long as that market's allowed to continue, it would just it would just um keep keep going like that.
0: I'm just trying to get Kyle to co host. I brought up Alex. Kyle will get a co host invite. Let me go to David and then I want to get Alex's thoughts because, Alex, you were the bearish one in the previous space. We did the Beeble space. And you were making an argument that you're pretty confident we will not reach an all time high before the halving, which some of us on stage do agree with that. But, David, thoughts, man. Look at us now. You were through us through the bloodbath. You gave us, you know, we discussed the Coinbase case, the, the Binance drama. Um, the, SEC, uh, the SEC losses in court, and here we are, close to all-time highs. Are you celebrating yet? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny you say that because <laughs> – Oh, shit. I can't hear you, David, so I'm, I'm going to give the mic to oh. to uh, just the panel, just take it over after you. Uh, but go ahead, I David.
10: know. I'm hoping someone can hear me because otherwise I'm just talking to myself. But I can hear you, Dave. At the, end, at the end of the day, you know, if someone told me a year ago we were going to see the Binance, the, coin, the Coinbase, and all these SEC actions, and that we were going to be looking at all-time highs, I would have been, this is crazy. I was talking to my trainer this morning, and he was giving me all this crypto advice, and it kind of reminded me of that scene in the movie when, all, when the guys were in the strip club, and all the strippers were saying how they owned houses. And all these apartments and the guys were like well how much money are you paying what happens when the arms reset like i was sitting there and just saying to myself oh my god are we in this moment again and for the first time in my 12 years in crypto i don't think so and the only reason i'm cautiously optimistic is what a lot of you guys have been talking about today that the financial advisors for the first time are going to be able to sell these products to their clients And when the financial advisors get in, it's going to open up a second and third spigot that the ETFs haven't really opened yet. And that's that all of these financial advisors are going to be able to start selling the products to their clients with a certain amount of responsibility. And it's important because financial advisors, I don't think they're going to start, TradeFi is not going to allow them in the near future to sell altcoins. They're going to allow them to sell the ETFs. Maybe they're going to start allowing them to sell some Bitcoin and hold the Bitcoin. We're seeing that happen. But those financial advisors, they're going to have a duty of care to their clients. So all of a sudden, all the younger generation, the people who understand, you know, Dave Weisberger and I are probably of the same ilk of where we view ourselves in the uh, pendulum of life, where we are going to be able to start telling people, oh, you guys now, when you take this financial advice, your financial advisor, they have to have your best interests. They have to seek the best execution for you. They have to advise you and monitor your accounts. And I do think there are spigots for even more money than people are seeing in just the ETFs. And I think that's a really good sign. That doesn't mean price is just going to skyrocket in my mind, but that just means there's a lot more money still coming into the system.
6: Mario, Dave is done, if you can't hear him.
0: Dave, so if you're, you're talking you know, talking shit about me, uh, please stop. I, I can't yeah, hear he, you. Was just, he was just oh, saying, done. Mario, oh, imagine
6: done. if um, instead of suing crypto companies, he just bought Bitcoin instead.
0: <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been a better choice, David. You can stop suing um, all these. Um, actually, Dave, we should probably speak because what happens in a bull market that we've got one of your friends that's working with us already and won't mention him here on the space. But what happens in, in a lot of us VCs, you know, cars on stage and, and others here that invest in those startups, a lot of them. You know, start getting a bit greedy and start, you know, breaking, breaking staffs, breaking the rules, thinking they can get away with it in the midst of the hype, not knowing there's legal repercussions. And we're going to get that a lot. Um, so we should probably speak, David. I'm going to I want to I want to hear your response. I'm actually going to bring you down with all respect so I can bring you back up and hear your response to what I just said, because uh, I know the audience can hear, but it's a bit annoying. I can't. Um, so as I bring up Dave again, uh, let me go to uh, uh, Joe and Alex. Alex, you're, you're the bear here. Um, so I want to get your thoughts. Kyle. You're not getting the co-host invite. Joe, we're going to co-host you so I can actually bring up Dave because the panel's full again. Oh, Dave's yeah. up, so I can bring up Alex. So we're going to co-host you. David, yes,
10: you're, you're on what I said. So, Mary, I thought it was pretty funny. I sort of ran at Satoshi Roundtable in, in uh, Dubai a couple of weeks ago. And the, what made me laugh was how many lawyers were at Satoshi Roundtable? I mean, the, <laughs> it's, it's like even the lawyers have to do this now. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, you know, my my clients, my clients all think they're rich right now. I'm just building up for the next wave of the rug pull. So <laughs> the rug pull is coming. You know, we've all learned this, whether it's traditional finance or whether it's crypto. A lot of people think they're rich right now and they're going to learn that their money, their crypto is not as safe as they think it is. You know, it's almost funny. They're not your keys, not your coins. You know, it doesn't apply to the ETFs. That money's safe. But a lot of people are going to end up, you know, thinking they're rich on this bull run and have to call lawyers like me. So I am kind of looking forward to that day. It's what leads me to my slight pessimism still that people are always going to be greedy. Yeah, the legal yeah, yeah,
6: companies in crypto in 2022 and 2023 were the law firms. D- David, you're, you, uh, the, 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 con- the line you, God, yeah. you're trying to remember from uh, The Big Short
9: was when Mark Baum said, "What do you mean all your loans?" We're talking about two loans on one house, and she said something along the lines of, "I have five houses and a condo." Um, and, and I think, I you know, it, it's interesting to to be you know, I, I could tell you're still bullish, but to have a little bit of pessimism, you know, when we're not even at all time highs around Bitcoin, um, you know, it, it's like I think you're starting to see a couple of the um, you know, a, a couple of the, the friends that you probably have from from high school or college start to message you. But it, we're, we're still not even <laughs> close um, to some something along the lines of a real fever pitch in, in retail. Um, and it, it's, you know, once I think once Bitcoin is closer to the 125K mark, you know, later this year, um, then we can maybe have a, a conversation about that. But at this point, I mean, we are just so at the beginning of this. This run Um, and even from the altcoin market, I mean, we're not there are so many things that are old that do not have all time highs yet. Um, Once we get to, you know, maybe market saturation of all time highs over 50 percent that we can have that conversation.
0: Uh, Dave, and then we'll go to Alex to kind of get a a devil's advocate voice here.
8: Well, I I think it's important to look at leverage, right? You know, and and everyone, you know, I I said this yesterday. I always say it. It's never a straight line. So, look, I'm on record as saying all-time highs this year were baked in the cake. I said this famously, you know, Scott could laugh, but, you know, I'm still owed my steak dinner about 40K, but I was saying, look, you know, we're going higher. I honestly believe that digital gold, the narrative, is coming much sooner than people think. Well, it's not going to be a straight line. When you look at the amount of leverage in the system, what actually happens, and so many people do this, is people feel rich, right? So they've made a lot of money, and then they increase the size of their positions as the price goes higher. And they do this again and again. And then, you know, you get somebody who was making a lot of money when Bitcoin went from 40 to 60, and they go, okay, great. Well, now I'm going to have a position that's 5x that because I have all this extra money and then it draw, and Then it goes to 80 and they oh, okay, I'm going to do it again. And now it goes from 80 back down to 60 and they lose everything. And you get a lot of people are, that that don't understand this and see that dynamic play out. And that's why we end up getting these large drawdowns along the way. Now, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to happen. I agree with the previous uh, speaker. Yeah, we're going to get there into, you know, much higher prices, but a lot of people get washed out by playing leverage and you can kinda watch to see, you know, you know, what's going on. The difference this time is it's gonna be easier to do it in alts because the trick to a lot of these momentum washouts are a trade where people will go long the spot, uh, and will go, will go long, go excuse me, uh, go long the spot and short the perpetual swaps, build up a huge position, and then just bombs away the spot because the perpetual swaps are more liquid. That worked really well for the last, you know, basically every one of these cycles. With the bid that's going on now in the spot market from the ETFs, it is unclear that 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 trade will work. And so it might make it that it's harder to see those bomb outs. But when that bid goes to the point where there's enough ETF holders that they too can sell, because remember, it's really cheap to sell the ETFs. It's a penny spread and zero commission. When we get to that point, uh, it may it, you know that trade's going to return and people need to be aware of that the volatility is not gone is not disappeared we we are a long way from the volatility going down
3: Alex yeah so um, yeah thank you again for pulling me up here uh, glitching like crazy uh, I, I have to partially agree to what Dave just said uh, there is so much leverage in the market. open interest is at all-time highs you know it, it's just in total insanity right now and uh, we definitely need to get uh, that flushed out at some point. So when that point comes, I believe it it could potentially be happening in the next seven to 10 days, like I said um, on the other space. Um, but until then, we can definitely go higher. Again, do I believe that higher means new all-time high? I don't really believe that, that we are going to hit a new all-time high before we get that flush. I think we're going to see first that flush and then slowly, gradually going into that new all-time high. So. It might be happening before the halving or just after the halving, but that flush is definitely coming, in my opinion. So I'm I'm not saying that I'm not trading right now. You know, I'm definitely trading that that whole uptrend, but I have definitely um, all my stop losses set and also tell that to my community. You can trade this upwards move, but be really, really cautious because we have seen these funding rates not for a really, really long time.
0: Yeah, and let's get some targets to kind of wrap up the space, targets from the panel and from the audience as well in the comments. Um, where do you expect to see uh, BTC and the rest of the market by uh, by uh, you know in the next uh, pre-halving and then post-halving by end of year? Uh, Alex, you want to kick it off? Yeah,
3: sure. So uh, there's a level that I'm looking at. Uh, we could touch um, around 63K pre-halving, in my opinion, and then after the halving, uh, just after the halving, I think um, – with the pre-halving drop, we, we might be somewhere in the mid-50s, low-50s.
0: And you expect corrections to be short-lived, as Rand said earlier? Yes, yes. They might be
3: really short-lived.
0: So Let's go. Kyle, where do you see the market? Anyone could jump in next. Go to Joe and Ryan and the rest of the panel.
1: 75K by halving, and uh, I would say Bitcoin around... One hundred twenty thousand at the end of the end of the year, and then my 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 target for top of the market is somewhere between three fifty to five hundred thousand.
0: Jesus, it's, it's hard to imagine a market this uh, at these levels. Um, Joel, Dave, Simon, Ryan. Yeah, I
9: you know the having to think that we're only going to sixty three k. You know we've got sixty days left. I'm I'm looking at you know, 75, very similar to what Kyle said. And then uh, market top is
0: 225. Cool. By the way, uh, sorry, Simon, there's uh, just someone in the audience that disagrees with what you just said. So I'm just going to like their tweets, grams in the audience in the comments so you could respond to them. Um, I'm also going through the the audience comments. And uh, yeah, I just don't see any number. I haven't seen one number below six figures by the end of the year. And uh, from anyone yet just kind of shows a peak not peak greed, but extreme greed. Um, you know, Dave, Simon, Brian, uh, if you had to speculate, where do you think we'll hit pre-halving and then by end of year?
8: Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I think that we will hit our high well before the halving. Uh, my thesis has been that sometime mid next month, uh, tax loss selling or tax not loss, uh, people having to raise money to pay their tax bill for 2023 from the stock markets will take risk assets down. And I think that'll pause the rally. But I think before then, we have a, we should get to. I think we've got to get somewhere between seventy-five and eighty. Wouldn't surprise me to see it then trade sideways through the halvings like it's always does, and then a pick up to uh, you know at the end of the year. I kind of am at the one twenty-ish kind of range. Uh, it's it's really hard because I think that, that we are now at a probability, it's got to be like 75% that we're going to see Bitcoin demonetize gold. And so I just don't know when that's going to happen. And the thing is, is every time people start thinking that, what does that mean? That means that the people who are buying it for, for investment aren't going to sell. And so if the marginal demand keeps up, it could get there a lot faster. I mean, I think Hunter had a, a, a tweet which he said 250 – yeah, Hunter – 250K Bitcoin could happen much sooner than most who followed the space for years would imagine. I tend to agree. I just worry about the macro situation because we have a lot of cross currents going on there.
0: Ryan,
5: Simon? Yeah, uh- I have a little compliance uh, guy on my shoulder saying, ma- making me say that this is my personal opinion and not financial advice. But uh, I, I think we'll certainly hit new, ha- new all-time highs in 2024. Uh, we, going into the year, we predicted we'd hit 88K, which was about, I think, 15% above the previous all-time high. Uh, I, I think a lot of that's going to be driven by the ETF demand. And the, the having is definitely a strong narrative, but the actual impact of the having uh, on the supply and demand dynamics is, is further out. Uh, so I think that the Bitcoin ETFs and the momentum that we're seeing is going to drive us to, I would say, at least thousand
0: And just uh, before we give the mic to Simon, I do want to point out: I, I like to overdo it with disclaimers. We we're talking about token launches earlier. Me, Kyle, and, and Joe, and I think Ran, right, just kind of give a heads up. You know, crypto, any investment is going to be risky and especially when it comes to crypto. Crypto is extremely, extremely risky and speculative. So make sure you do your own due diligence. You see everything pumping. Just remember in bear markets, the bloodbath is significantly worse than traditional VC, uh, VC, uh, the VC uh, industry. So just kind of a big disclaimer. Bitcoin's risky, alts uh, are a thousand times riskier. Um, Simon, uh, if you had to speculate, where do you think we'll be uh, pre halving I know you hate giving uh, targets, but then you always give targets and you're pretty good at it. And then where do you think we'll be uh, by the end of the year? Because everyone in the audience is just way too bullish that it's starting to get worrying, even though we're extremely early. Yeah, Mario, you know, you know, um, I'll always give a boring answer
6: to that, unfortunately. Um, I would expect new all-time highs this year, whether it comes pre-halving or post-halving. Um, anyone's guess roll the dice um just the comment you asked me to comment on is uh, a grams on twitter he was just saying that when you stake ETH, um the stakers don't get a cut of the gas the gas is burnt which drives the price higher which is correct it's just uh, maybe i said it in a way that wasn't that clear that's all it was
0: yeah, cool. And, and so no one on stage thinks there's a possibility uh, or is even close to likely at least, at least, you know, 40, 50 percent that we won't hit all time highs this year. Is there anyone on stage that doesn't think that's possible? Speak now forever. Outside Hold of your, Black Swan,
9: but, uh, which is always possible. So everyone always has to keep that in their back back pocket. But outside of a Black Swan, absolutely not.
0: Ah, right, Doug just requested, let's see if we got one bearish thing. I have a, a big announcement, not big enough, a, a cool announcement to make right after Doug gives us his take. Doug, is there, what, what, what's your prediction? And is there any possibility that we don't hit all-time highs this year? Because I just see feel everyone's just way too bullish. I, cool I guess uh, I, I I am pretty bullish, but I'll
4: lay out the, the one bearish case that, that kind of scares me is uh, we have the, the Mt. Gox liquidations potentially this year. And I think that's up to $10 billion. We also have the government sitting on kind of the seized Bitcoin from from way back in the day, and I think that's another ten billion. So, if those, I don't think it's that likely, but if those flows get dumped into the market, that that would be the bearish case where things could get ugly. I don't think for a long time, but but for a bit. Uh,
0: cool. On that point, um, uh, just for the audience, so we're going to do a pretty big space tomorrow. Uh, so, one thing we're starting to do, Carl and Joe. Um, and others and I don't know, Ryan doesn't jump on them Carl and Joe jump on them we're starting to do for big projects launching like ones where I'm happy to put my name behind them we're doing like launch uh, launch not launch parties but a pre-launch space kind of talking about it doing a countdown for the launch and tomorrow's going to be probably one of the more exciting ones since pixels a few weeks ago which was launched on binance it's called PortalCoin, um which is pretty damn exciting as I said they've they've, they've had over over almost 10 billion dollars Uh, staked so far and they'll be launching tomorrow. I think that's probably one of the more exciting projects we've invested in. It's going to be tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly what times. The co-founder is part of Rockstar Games was the head of BD at at EA Um, so it's pretty safe. We've already got 250 plus games signed up so uh, disclaimer we're invested but disclaimer I'm extremely bullish on them Um, so check it out Um, and yeah it shows that we're in a bull market. We started doing countdown spaces for token launches which I've never done before but they've been pretty fun It just shows that uh, uh, the bull market is really heating up and it's just getting started. So be careful, everybody. I think it's an incredible panel. Uh, Congrats to all projects building in the Bitcoin ecosystem. You guys are are killing it right now. And congrats to everyone.
1: I just just want to say one more thing before, just because I I think it's interesting. I I forgot who it was talking about predominantly a Bitcoin and and ETH led uh, bull run and then maybe not seeing that capital rotate into alts. Um and certainly not into mid caps, but um I I I just can't help but to think that we we're gonna see new meme coins fly into and maybe maybe Doge and Shiba become less relevant, but I'm I'm really bullish on uh, on Pepe and, and WIF right now. And I'm I'm also seeing um institutional reports being put out on these on these projects, like actual like mechanism capital and like like good. Uh, firms putting out their thesis on like why these why they've invested capital into these themselves. Um, and just takes it back to like when I was in New York for part of the last bull run. And I went around New York City asking a bunch of people if they accept Bitcoin or if they have any cryptocurrency. And almost everybody had Shiba and Doge, but most people didn't have Bitcoin or any other coins. And so that's crazy. I,
0: that's yeah. crazy. You, you, yeah. I, I haven't I, I
1: have zero meme
0: coins. My, I don't know. Do you have any meme coins in your portfolio, Kyle and Joe? You yeah, guys are the DJs here, of my, course.
1: Whiff, Whiff Whip, Whip is now like <laughs> my fifth or sixth largest position, just because it's it's cranked up so much, like uh, which is crazy. I mean, I've got Bitcoin is my largest one, and then like uh, Ethereum and Link are sitting there together, and then maybe Solana, and then you got Whiff. <laughs> it's like it's a large bag. It's uh, fucking crazy, you know? yeah.
0: Uh, Joe uh, I asked you earlier a question before we wrap up uh, just kind of an update on the it's kind of going a bit degen the update on the NFT ecosystem which I'm very bullish on not when it, PFps I'm averagely bullish but just gaming nFTs gaming assets something I'm extremely bullish on uh, do you have any any numbers there I'm not sure if you cover nFTs on Lunar crush
9: yeah we do it's definitely more flat I mean nFTs are the the final rotation you know if it's going from Bitcoin to eth to the rest of the alt market it's kind of like nFTs go there but there are some really bright spots. Um, Ordinals, which, you know, is is built on Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin NFTs, you know, that started at the beginning of 2023. It was super nascent um, and now is growing into a pretty solid ecosystem. You know, you can got like Taproot Wizards able to raise $7 million. Um, and you've got things like Onchain Monkey that are moving, you know, that 10,000 PFP um, collections over to Bitcoin. And so, you know, you just see it. You're, you're seeing a lot of growth and building over there. And then you're also seeing uh, tokens launched um into the Bitcoin ecosystem that are derived from a lot of the NFT projects. So you're seeing a lot of building over there. You know, there's been some controversy with Kevin Rose and uh Board API Club and, you know, I just think that
0: What happened? What's the uh, what's what's the controversy? I haven't been keeping up I don't know what's the controversy with the, Kevin Rose. I don't know the, whole, members, I don't know? Know
9: the whole story. I, I know he's like on he might be on the board now or like moonbirds was bought by them i don't know the full story i gotta look into it i just saw some stuff flying back and forth on x um last week but it, it
0: we should get we should get, we, should, we should get david silver up. yeah you should send them send them his way
9: but it's just the narrative is not there at, like right now for that but you know that again like you know everyone in the industry the reason Twitter's quiet right now is we're all about to fly or are in denver for east denver and it's going to be one of the biggest craziest things you know i think last time I was talking to my co-founder John. I think you know Ethereum was at like sixteen hundred for the last one, and it was just like you know everyone's looking around, walking around, staring at their feet. This time it's going to be a whole different world, and so you know ETH is still still going strong.
0: Yeah, so just I'm looking at uh, uh, crypto punks. The floor is almost at two hundred k, but it is lagging the rest of the market. Um, one one area that's, that's I'm very bullish on uh, that I think is is just really underrated right now is in-game NFTs, which I know they're hard to value. Not every gaming assets gonna is gonna increase in value it just depends on what the assets utility is uh, but I think that's an ecosystem that's really being ignored I think there's a lot of attention being placed on PFps are you seeing any movement in uh, in volumes when it comes to in-game assets I haven't seen it yet
9: not, not really uh,
0: but you know like going into the last you know at, at the end of the last
9: uh, bull market into the bear market you know you were we were seeing and we interviewed a lot of folks on Lunar Crush Live that were, you know, there were studios being set up for just tokenomics on in-game. And there's just so many people are bullish on it. It's always seems like a very natural fit for NFTs and in-game. It's just, I I don't know what the, we haven't had like the killer app yet. And there's always this kind of like push and pull back of like, well, if you have a killer game, why do you need a token involved at all? And, um, you know, so it's always kind of a push and pull there, but at some point, you know, someone will figure out the killer app there and it's going to fit
0: and anyway, i'm yeah. gonna do a major is, is Kyle go ahead now i'll mention like a big announcement that will i'll probably be hype it up tomorrow that involves kyle scott and joe but go ahead Kyle. yeah
1: i, th- I think that um like so one thing that on um, in, in game assets is really interesting I, I made a big investment into big time uh these spaces or these land um you know uh in the bear market and who i and when, when they launched your token and it went to multi-billion dollar market cap um i was really upset that we didn't get any of that but um But I I do have someone managing the rentals of these of these things, and they're they're generating really good revenue. I mean, mean, I'm talking like uh, almost a month. So um, so they're they're doing quite well. And then, of course, I think what you're alluding to, um, I've also purchased a pretty significant amount of these um, Godzilla validators. And uh, I think that what I'm I'm most bullish on on Godzilla from any game, the way that they've abstracted the the, uh, Web3 side from the end users. you know, yeah, we can talk about it more tomorrow, but uh, th- yeah, they they figured, figured it out, right? They, I want to... Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, tomorrow is not the guns. The major announcement I'll make is is um, so uh, first, Godzilla. We should do a gaming space. I'll probably do it tomorrow. We have. Um, Ralph uh, Paul joining us. Um, so he's going to be our exclusive, uh, special guest tomorrow. But after tomorrow, we'll do a gaming space because I'm extremely bullish on that. But Joe, Kyle, I- I'd love you guys to keep joining and doing like a DGN segment throughout and at the end, just because obviously we're now starting to see the entire ecosystem get traction. Um, also, Joe, me and Joe will be doing a show in Scott. So, yeah, so first we've partnered with Scott. I'll announce it tomorrow more publicly, but me and Scott partnered. We've acquired a very, very big stake in in his show. We're going to scale the Wolf of All Streets on YouTube and podcast. One of my favorite shows has been for years. Um, and then Joe is going to be doing a show with us and show with Scott that's going to be focused along with Lunar Crush. You should check it out and check out the Lunar Crush platform, Lunar. Crush, you see, on his profile, he's got all this data when it comes to to alt and NFTs and meme coins. So we're going to do a show together where we focus on that. And Carl already has an incredible show focusing on alt and, and just different narratives. And we've also partnered with Carl's. Uh, 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 we're about to partner with Carl's Launchpad. Everyone knows Ignition, paid Ignition, is one of the the biggest launchpads in the last bull market, and they've built a lot um, this time around. So they're going to be our preferred launchpad partner. Uh, for this bull market. So just, you know, happy news all around. And we'll see, we'll talk maybe doing more on the media side with Kyle. But it's just been, it's an incredible start to the bull market. And, um, you know, we'll see everyone tomorrow for the portal launch, probably the most hyped project in, in years. Not probably, the most hyped project in years. Um i will see you again tomorrow for the crypto town hall. Hopefully, you can hate me for it. Hopefully, we'll see a bloodbath because I think we all agree we didn't have enough time to prepare for this bull market. <laughs> so we need we need time to prepare. I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. I was it. I wasn't. Like by the time by me and Carl were starting to talk about our, you know, kind of finalizing a partnership, Bitcoin was like almost half the price than it is now. And a few weeks later, we doubled. Um, so it's uh, it's just been pretty crazy. But uh, congrats on everyone that's in the markets and uh, good times ahead, but also be very, very vigilant and careful. I hope we won't see any Black Swan events. Thanks a lot, everyone. And thanks for the incredible panel that joined us today.
2: See you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, Bye
0: everyone.